my name is Sarita. And my name is Rena. We are both past patients with Mexico Bariatric Center and we are here to break the stigma of having weight loss surgery in Tijuana, Mexico. We will be covering all things bariatric to help you get the most out of this weight loss journey. Welcome to Can You Stomach This? Yes. Yay. Episode nine. Yes, episode nine. Mm. Today we're going to be talking about myths and misconceptions. So welcome to our podcast today. Welcome, welcome. Yes. Yes, yes. So Sarita, um, you know, there are a lot of myths out there and a lot of misconceptions out there. Um we are by far not covering all of them, just some of the ones that we see and hear the most. Um, and so let's just dive right into that. Okay, so yes, yes, what's are, one of the number one myths that we hear about? So myth number one, bariatric surgery is taking the easy way out of obesity slash losing weight. False news. That is not true <laughs> at all. No, this Weight loss surgery, bariatric surgery, offers a real chance to end obesity. Yeah, absolutely, and, it, and it's a tool. Surgery it's definitely is a tool. a tool. It's not magic. You can't just stick it like a magic little box down inside of you and think that all of a sudden you're going to lose some weight and keep it on forever. It, it just doesn't work like that. No, it, it's not all. magic. It's mm -hmm. not going to happen overnight. It's a That's process. Magic. It's a lifestyle change. Absolutely, it's a lifestyle change. You have mm -hmm. to make, um, you have to continue making healthy choices, healthy food choices. Um, you're gonna need lots of exercise in your life. Right. I don't care who you are, you need exercise in your life, whether you're overweight or skinny fat. I you know, skinny fat. Yes, skinny that's fat. A thing. You know, skinny fat is a real thing. Um, and then also, it's you know, um, surgery is a commitment to eat healthy and live an active lifestyle. Right, and I made a commitment to eat healthy and live an active lifestyle. I've had surgery almost six years ago, been maintaining for over four and a half years. Mm -hmm. Don't ever want to go back to where I was. So I have made a commitment to my health, and it's going to be for the rest of my life. Yeah, and then sometimes we may also, <laughs> some of us may need some counseling or right. support groups or something like that right, along the way. Right. Um, is there anything like that that you've needed in your life as part of? Yes, your... actually. I was in counseling before I had surgery, during surgery, after surgery. Um, so it was very helpful to me. Um, I know, you know, I mean, if you have access to counseling, it's awesome. Some people don't. You can join a support group like Overeaters Anonymous. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to say that those don't have any fee to it. You can do an online group. Yeah, is it an online right. group like Noom or something? Is no, that... That you have to pay for that. Oh, Noom, free. yeah, you have to pay for that. Oh, okay. But Overeaters, Overeaters Anonymous is an actual group that does, you know, in-person meetings. I think they might do some Zoom meetings, but mm -hmm. check it out. You know, if you don't have access to, you know, regular counseling near you or maybe your insurance doesn't cover it, it's very beneficial. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Okay, and then, um, so it's definitely not the easy way out. Would you say no. you felt like you take the, took the easy way out? No, and I was told I took the easy way out by several people, and it's definitely not easy. I, I, I oh, would be the first to admit that today. It, I'm in maintenance. It's not easy. It's not easy. I absolutely no, agree with that. But it's worth it. It Yeah, for sure. It's definitely I mean, worth it. Yeah. Um, 
And so moving on to myth number two, Sarita, what is myth number two? Bariatric surgery alone will make me lose weight long term. Um, false news. Right. Also false news. So on the average, when you have surgery, you can lose 60 to 75% of the excess fat. Mm -hmm. So say you need to lose 100 pounds. On average, you would lose 60 to 75 pounds, just using that as an example. Yeah, and of course the different surgeries produce different right. weight loss results. Right. That's VS the average. Right, and VSG mm -hmm. kind of being on the on the front side of that, right. and DS being kind of on the, right. on the higher end of that, right. um, with the bypasses in between. Um, and people too, so what is excess fat, Sarita? How do I know what excess fat is? That is, that is like our... Is that like all my weight, like my total weight, 96% no. of that? So or? say you weigh 250, but your healthy BMI is 150. Ah, okay. So the so 100 pounds would be your excess fat. Ah, got it. So, so that's why I just use that as an yeah, example. Yeah, and that was a perfect example, I think. Mm -hmm. Perfect example. Yeah. Um, sometimes you lose more. Yeah. Sometimes you lose all of your excess fat, like I did. It was a lot of hard work, though. Yay. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. She's not a yeah. role model. Oh. Role model. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. She's rocking this maintenance thing. Mm, I try. <laughs> so. So, also, um, in the, so, again, the maintenance thing, we're going, going back to maintenance, um, talking about long term. Right. Um, you will, you can potentially gain your weight back. So, you yes. do have to continue using your tool through maintenance right. phases. And what is a maintenance phase? So maintenance um, phase for me is you hit your goal weight and then you're just maintaining. So like, essentially the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, you may go up a couple pounds, go down a couple pounds. I mean, you just kind of fluctuate, you know, a few right. pounds, but you're consistent. Right. And it, but it is, it is lifelong. It is it lifelong. Is. Um, and so again, using your tool, uh, like we said before, exercise, mm -hmm. stay active. You can't become sedentary. Um, mm -hmm. You have to remain yeah. active. Uh, again, choosing healthy food choices. Mm -hmm. um, Sarita always says, I get my protein in first. I have to get my protein in first. I still do that. I still mm -hmm. basically follow the guidelines because I don't ever want to go back to where I was. Right. And my health is number one. I'll be 59 next month. That's not, I don't think. And it's true. And health, my health is number one. It's my priority. So mm -hmm. I, I have to do what, you know, I need to do to stay healthy. And that's right. what I do. Right. And then, of course, um, staying hydrated, that is important. Lifelong, we, I know we promote a lot of hydration, hydration in the beginning, um, mm -hmm. both pre and post-op phases. But hydrating, staying hydrated long-term is important. Um, and also, when you're working on staying hydrated, choose um, sugar-free hydration. Mm -hmm. Avoid uh, calorie-packed um, right. drinks because the number one cause of regain is drinking, drinking calories. calories. It's, it's mm -hmm. that high-calorie It's, too, it's too easy to do, and you will gain weight back. Getting back into sodas, even right. juice. Like People right. are of the mindset that juice is healthy, and it's loaded with sugar i mean in the beginning juice was okay in phase one when yes. clear liquids diluted just to get keep you know keep you hydrated but for a lifelong thing no right right you just gotta wean mm -hmm. wean off that pretty quickly and then try mm -hmm. to stay away from a lot of calories mm -hmm. in your liquids 
Right. And um, if you don't remain committed to this journey, you can, you know, gain the weight that you've lost. Yeah, surgery. You can gain it back. Absolutely. Surgery might help change a person's metabolism. Right. Um, to lose that weight, but it is absolutely possible to gain weight back over time if you don't focus harder on that maintenance. We have seen it. Absolutely. All the time. Absolutely. Um, and then so moving on, because uh, it is for a fact that bariatric surgery alone will make you lose weight long term. That is just not true. So moving on, myth number three. Bariatric surgery is a cosmetic surgical procedure. Oh, false news, false news. This is absolutely (laughs) not a tummy tuck. No. I mean, I guess we are tucking and nipping at your stomach, but not your tummy. Right. We're not we're not trimming right. your fat. Right. Well, your appearance may change, yeah. but it's not cosmetic surgery. No, absolutely, it's not cosmetics. But um, you know, cosmetics don't do cosmetic surgery doesn't treat medical conditions, no. and so bariatric surgery is a tool for treating medical conditions such as high blood pressure, hypertension, sleep apnea, diabetes, mm-hmm. um, and so many other medical right. conditions. Um, pre-diabetic um, right. people with you know like insulin resistance, anything like that. Um, so it is definitely false news. Bariatric <clears throat> surgery is absolutely not a cosmetic procedure, even though you may want a cosmetic procedure post bariatric surgery. Right. Wait, wait eighteen months to a year. To right, years. and 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 if you do have cosmetic surgery, they want you to be in a maintenance phase for mm-hmm. you know so long before they do it. So. Yeah, most surgeons require you wait eighteen months to two right. years. Yeah. yeah, so but it, but surgery, bariatric surgery is not cosmetic no, surgery, and so myth number four: <clears throat> patients must weigh over three hundred pounds to qualify for bariatric surgery. Mm, false news. So bariatric surgery is about overall health. It is. Um, it's for the moderately obese to be morbidly obese and too morbidly. And your BMI range can range, you know, from 28 to 100. Yeah, we have had patients with BMIs as low as 28. Actually, some may be slightly lower. Dr. Osana um, may take some patients whose BMIs a little lower if they had chronic health conditions that bariatric surgery would treat. Um, And then Dr. Rodriguez has done surgery for patients with BMIs as high as 100. Right. Or, um, kind of like my 600-pound life. I mean, they have very high BMIs. They do, and that, um, there's like a story about that. There is a story. There's a story about that. I don't remember the whole I story. I remember reading the story, the story on yeah, our website. There is a good story. Maybe we can yeah. add that link in the in the description right. here. Um, but again, like myth three, um, bariatric surgery uh, does help treat or improve health conditions. Right. Um, it's it's people who have bariatric surgery are known to um, no longer have those things like diabetes or well they don't diabetes doesn't necessarily go away right. it goes into remission but a lot of people you know lose weight and they can come off their medication because their HbA1c is you know into the normal range but it doesn't always go it doesn't go away it's in remission. Yeah, absolutely. But still, one less medication you have to take. Yeah, for sure. I know somebody who, many, many people actually, mm-hmm. who um, had um, 
diabetes. Maybe they took insulin or metformin right, right. or something like that. And then post-surgery, they don't take anything at all for it. Right. And so the, their doctor would say that their diabetes would be in remission now. Right, right. Um, and so many other things. Um, the uh, Somebody that I went with to have surgery uh, on my second trip to NBC uh, when we went, we carried, like, this medicine bag, like, I don't even know, like, 20 medicines. It was so many. It was a lot. It was, like, a whole little thing of mm-hmm. medicine. And post-surgery, they could pull off all that medicine. They didn't awesome. need any of that. Like, well, all but maybe three or four. So awesome. But it was, like, up in the teens. Right. It, was, it was a lot. It was a lot. So, another thing, um, you know, about um, having surgery um, it is not required to lose weight for surgery. We have you on pre-op diets to shrink your liver. Um, losing weight is not a requirement. Like mm-hmm. it most likely is in the United States. Yeah, so some people who are upwards <clears throat> of um, the 300 pounds, they, they feel like they have to lose a certain amount of weight or they think that we have a weight requirement that they have to lose. And, and that's not that's not what our surgeons require. Yeah. Our surgeons just require that you shrink your liver. Right. Um, but also that, you know, going back to, is it for only for people over 300 pounds? No, it's absolutely no. not. We've had people that weigh twice as much as that. There are people going into surgery that weigh what I weigh now, and I've lost 210 pounds. I, I weighed what you weigh now when I had See? surgery. Mm-hmm. See? Right. So um, it's definitely not uh, for only patients who weigh over 300 pounds mm-hmm. at all. Absolutely. And that you were one of those people. You weighed way 300 pounds. No, I did not weigh 300 yeah. pounds. So definitely not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then for myth number five, Sarita. There is a long recovery time after surgery. Uh, false news. Definitely no, false news right. on that. Right. I mean, well, let's say define long. I guess if you're impatient and you can't handle a couple of weeks, then I maybe mean, it is a long in time. In the U.S., you, it's usually outpatient. You have surgery and go home that same day. Yeah, and for the most part, bariatric surgeries are minimally invasive. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. They are they are major surgeries, right. um, especially if you get into the bypass or the DS. But right. sleeve especially is minimally invasive. Um, listen, I've had people tell me that that the gallbladder surgery was worse than bariatric surgery. Mm-hmm. All right, so moving on, myth number five, Sarita. There is a long recovery time after the surgery. Um, also false news, but okay, wait a minute. If you're impatient and a couple of weeks is like a big deal to you, then mm-hmm. maybe it does seem like a long time. But let's be honest, this it's... It's mostly minimally invasive, right? I, I mean, for me, you know, I had a hysterectomy, and that took me a year to recover. Oh. Totally a year. Oh. And so this was like two weeks. Not a big deal. I, I was, you know, sore and tender, but no overall pain. I didn't even take a pain medication. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, it is, <laughs> it, I'm not going to discount it. It is a major surgery, but it is minimally invasive as it well. Is. Um, it's not, there's not a lot of pain associated with it. No. When, when I had surgery and I woke up, I felt like I had an intense ab workout. Right. It wasn't that much yeah, to, it to me. Yeah, not. Mm-mm. Um, and honestly, with both of my surgeries, that's kind of how it mm-hmm. was. It wasn't, it wasn't painful. There's not a lot of pain. Of course, we all have different levels of pain. We do. I feel like I'm a baby about pain, but maybe I'm not, and I just think I am. 
but I didn't feel a lot of pain with it. Mm, um, me neither. And people tell me that um, with the gallbladder, that they say that's worse, mm-hmm. um, a worse surgery. Like you said, with the hysterectomy is worse. A cesarean. <laughs> people go through his cesareans. Like, if you can do that, you can definitely do the surgery. Even I, just giving birth. Like I, I gave birth. I gave birth. <laughs> we get both gave birth. With no so we, drugs. We, yeah, I did not have an epidural. Yes. So we know what that's like, too. Yes. So I so would say this was a piece of cake. This was definitely <laughs> a walk in the park. Right? <laughs> definitely a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, in terms of long-term recovery, I mean, long-time recovery, I mean, there are phases, but um, you want to follow those post-op phases, but you can be in phase four, which is kind of, well, I guess maintenance is the last phase, but that phase four is the last phase of, like, those post-op phases, and you can be in phase four as early as three weeks, weeks. Um, three to four, for sure, Um, but, you know, we do recommend that you wait, you give yourself two weeks of rest, we just Mm -hmm. recommend that just to kind of... Get used to things, right? Right. I mean, it's a whole different lifestyle. Yeah, just get used to life. Get get through the hydration and the protein and then graduate to solids and Mm -hmm. or soft solids and then solids and then everybody starts to feel better. You're taking vitamins. You're getting in more nutrients. Right. That first week. Getting your energy back. You are. And so we do have people who return to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have people who come for surgery on Thursday for pre-op, surgery Mm -hmm. on Friday, they recover on Saturday, they go home on Sunday, and then they're that's back worse. at work on Monday with desk jobs, of right. course. Um, and there's that's fine if that's what you want to do. And the thing is, just make sure you're getting in your hydration, make sure you are... Um, I tell people who are going to go back to work to add, drink protein water, add some right. Oscar Pure protein right. to their clear liquids so that mm-hmm. they're just getting in that extra nutrient since they're exerting... Right their brain essentially right. sitting um, at a desk you still yeah, have to you still think some energy <laughs> right <laughs> right so yeah um but and just sip 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 and um i'm notorious for getting busy and forgetting the drinks i always right. remind people if you're working just make yourself drinks don't right. don't for forgo that and and so you can return to work as early as um let's talk about what long recovery may or may not be so it is pretty short recovery um Desk jobs, you can return one to one two, two weeks. Yep, Stan- and standing. You have a standing walking job, two weeks. Yeah, um, fast pace would be two to four. Mm-hmm. Right, um, if you're lifting, you know, if you have a very physical job, four to eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, some, like we said, some people, they go back. It just depends mm-hmm. on how you feel, really. Right. Um, just don't Every- lift over. Yeah, everybody heals differently. Everybody does heal differently. I mean, I was walking around TJ. <clears throat> for I don't even know how much I walked around uh, TJ to Tijuana um, post DS surgery. Like I walked all <laughs> over the place. I'm actually truly blown away at how much I walked all over TJ. I mean, strolled. I wasn't like strenuous walking. Right. It's not like I was power walking around. Right. But just strolling the streets, checking out the shops. Um, I wish I would have done that. Yeah, <laughs> we, we went to um, one of the restaurants. Of course, I didn't eat post surgery. You don't really want to eat. But um, you know the people I was with, they ate and mm-hmm. and uh, we watched. We went we went over to the beach and walked the boardwalk. Walked nice. so much all over the place. Walking is essential. It is. You, essential. you need to walk at least for the first eight weeks. No yeah. strenuous activity until you know after eight weeks. Yeah, you need to fully heal. Just get that walking in. Right. Get that walking in. But right. in terms of it being a long recovery, it's not. It's not. It's, it's really not. You're you're back to you fairly quickly mm-hmm. for most people. I mean, we, right. we are we don't all fit in a box. So right. 
Um, so for some people, it may be a little bit different. Um, but then let's let's say, uh, what is myth number six? You can't have bariatric surgery if you have diabetes. Uh, also false news. We big, did, big false news. Big false news. We mm -hmm. did cover some of this um, mm -hmm. a little, a few minutes ago, but it's. I feel like diabetes and the misconception about diabetes is worth definitely covering one more time. Right, and that was the reason I had surgery. I was pre-diabetic. Yes. And I did not want to be a full-blown diabetic, so I had surgery. And that, that was what kind of made you go, hey, whoa. Uh, yeah, that was my wake-up call, actually, yeah. to... Um, you know, taking charge of my health. Yeah, and so again, um, surgery, this, that is a major misconception mm -hmm. because surgery can improve, reduce, and put into remission diabetes, right. like we mentioned before. Right. That's absolutely um, true. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the primary treatments for patients with diabetes, uh, suffering from type 2 diabetes, is bariatric surgery. Right. So, um, like we were saying, sometimes if you have a lower BMI and you have certain health conditions, mm -hmm. that may be one of the things that gets you approved for surgery. Either. Right. They, well, they would call that a comorbidity. Yeah. I can never say that word. A comorbidity. That just, it doesn't come out right. I, I read about it a lot on the different groups. I, I see the word, and I attempt mm -hmm. to say it often, but I just feel like I don't say it right. Comorbidity. I'm not, not going to say it right now. <laughs> so, just after, if you if you do have diabetes, it improves, reduces, goes into remission, you have to maintain healthy food choices. Yes. Or your diabetes could come it back. It could come back. Absolutely, Absolutely could come back. Yes. It could uh, come right out of remission. Right back out of remission. Right. Absolutely. And so, myth number seven. The hospital stay is weeks long after bariatric surgery. Oh, false news, false yes. news, false news. So, um, so, there's several procedures and they all have different time frames. Mm -hmm. So, if you are, you know, going to have the balloon, it's a three-day process. Yep, so... With the balloon, you go in for pre-op mm -hmm. procedure, and you're released the next day right. um, to go home. If you are having the gastric sleeve, that is a four-day process. Yes. And that would look something like pre-op day one, surgery day two, recovery day three, and discharge to go home on day four. If you are having a bypass or a revision um, DS, Right. Yeah, right. It, yeah, DS okay. revision or a sleeve to bypass right. revision. Or a bypass or any type of revision. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that is a five-day process, and that would look just like the VSG process. So day one surgery, I mean day, day one pre-op, right. pre day two surgery, day uh, three and four are recovery days at the hospital, mm -hmm. and day five would be your discharge day home. Right. And so, um, in a lot of places in the U.S., it is an outpatient surgery. Right. They send you home. That day. That day. Like, <laughs> surgery. Um, personally, I, I feel safer, like, spending the night in the hospital mm -hmm. for a day or two, just in case. So, I yeah. mean, I was happy with that. I did not have an issue with that. Well, yeah, and with Mexico Pediatric Center, you've traveled all the way to Mexico. We're not going to send you home immediately after surgery, yeah. but we stick do. Stick you on a plane. Yeah, stick you on a plane when you wake up from surgery. Right. So kind of loopy. Right. Could you just imagine? <laughs> no, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> Can you imagine where you might end up? <laughs> might end up in another state. Country? Yeah. 
I don't know. That sounds like an adventure. That could be. Okay, back to seriousness. <laughs> um, but we do keep you a couple of days, depending on the surgery that you have, just just to kind of get you through, right. make sure everything's good, make yeah. sure you're recovered from the anesthesia. Mm-hmm. You always do a leak test the day after surgery. Yes, we yeah. do. And it's uh, yummy. Is it now? <laughs> no. She's telling a story. It's awful. But it's it's a necessity. You, you're able to drink it's this fluid. Totally worth it. And you can see it go down into your stomach. And, and swirl around in your new tiny belly. Yes, yeah. Exactly, so, and you, you just literally watch it go down. Yeah, and they send around. you home with a CD of your leak test. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You can show it to doctors later or um, right. whatever. Um, we actually, while we were talking about that, I did want to just kind of plug into that our surgeons do three leak tests. Mm-hmm. A lot of places only do one. Right. Um, even in the U.S., a lot of places only do one. They do the one on the table. Right. Um, but our surgeons do three. They do two while you're um, still in surgery. Mm-hmm. And then they do another one the following right. day after you've had time to kind of. So that makes me feel better, too. Yeah, yeah of course. That's that's part of taking mm-hmm. care of our patients before we send them home. Right. Yeah. So, um, you're just going to have to kind of do some digging if you hear some of these things because, um, do your research, do your research. There are a lot of myths out there. We definitely did not cover all of them, um, by no means at all, but, um, we hope that we helped, um, dispel some of the myths. Dispel. That's a good word. Thank you. Thank you for help on that. <laughs> You're welcome. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we have really enjoyed this this podcast, and we hope that you have too. Yes. We will be talking about lots more topics on all things bariatric coming up. We don't we don't know what exactly. No, we're not going to say that. No. <laughs> okay. See you on the next podcast. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you have any questions or want to share your bariatric weight loss journey, you can call or text us at 480-999-4826 or send an email to podcast at mexicobariatriccenter.com. You can also follow Mexico Bariatric Center on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Keep in mind, these are the opinions of the host. The views represented do not reflect or define the values of Mexico Bariatric Center. This podcast is sponsored by Emerge Bariatrics and Mexico Bariatric Center. Please visit MexicoBariatricCenter.com for more information.